Thank you, Kelly Robinson. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to our program live on this uh, last, uh, I think it over, yeah, last Saturday of August. And, you know, I still consider August to be the end of summertime. I know it gets hot in September, I, or stays hot, I understand that, but it just psychologically feels like you're in the fall when September rolls around. Labor Day weekend, we'll be live next weekend. Jared, you going to be live next weekend? Jared's answering the phone. Yeah, he's going to be there, so he's going to be live. I'm going to be live. I was hoping he'd be there if I'm live. And uh, so we'll be doing the program live next weekend. We're doing it live right now. Give us a call, 888-256-1080, 888-256-1080, for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. I have no high school football scores. Jared has no high school football scores. Don't call for those. Look them up. They're available online. Well, we don't have them. But we do have gardening information. We do have gardening information after rainfall. I hope, oh my goodness, I hope you got some rain this past uh, week. It rained a little bit on the gale. We went, we live in McKinney. I, I've never hidden that fact. Um, we have two granddaughters who are going to one of the McKinney high schools and went to a game last night. One of them's a cheerleader, one of them's in the band. And the third one is now a freshman at one of the major universities in Texas, and uh, she was in the band last year, and oh, halftime came, and both bands were performing, and rain started, a heavy rain, right at the beginning of halftime, and those bands performed their full routines in the rain, and as soon as halftime was over, the rain stopped, and the ball game happened in, in dry conditions, essentially a little bit wet in the third quarter. But poor bands. We, my wife was a music education major at Ohio State, and she is on the school board and, and a strong advocate of fine arts. And we go to watch the bands and cheer on the bands and fine arts and the players, too. We love high school and, and public school education. The poor bands, they came out there to do their thing, and everybody was running for cover, and they couldn't. Poor instruments. Poor... Uh, well, brass doesn't get hurt so much, but woodwinds. Anyway, that was our evening. Hope you had a good evening. Looks like I looked at the scores early this morning. Looked like some some upsets. I see um, I see the two schools. There was, was only one high school in College Station when I grew up, and and both uh, College Station High and and A and M Consolidated, my alma mater, both ranked in the top ten in the state. A and M Consolidated plays. I know College Station plays uh, today, so. Anyway, plays a school that neighbors where we live. More than you wanted to know. Let's talk gardening. 888-256-1080. August ends your chance to do a lot of things. This is the time to plant leafy and root vegetables in almost all of the state. That'd be things like lettuce and spinach and radishes, carrots, beets, chard, all of those things. They're not the big-time vegetables. You're you're late on those unless you're in the valley or or somewhere fairly... uh, south um and uh, jared i don't know for tom and amarillo that's uh, the county agent's office would have that probably that's not a urban horticulture question so much um a little inner office memo there um we can talk anything that relates to your landscape to your lawn to your to your garden and i'll be happy to help 888-256-1080 for the texas lawn and garden hour We'll get the program underway here in just a moment, but let me, uh, let me get my first break out of the way, and then we'll go from there. Uh, this, is, uh, this is working out beautifully for me on my, uh, 
my book. I am wrapping up the fifth printing of the book, and, and I think the timing's going to work out really well. I was looking at the quantity left, and there aren't very many of them, the fifth printing, and I'm trying to close them out. The sixth printing is waiting in the wings. There is only one change in it. It's a couple of very small paragraphs that refer to the, the extreme cold of uh, 2021 in February, and uh, they're in Chapter 1. Uh, otherwise, the book is exactly the same, and yet you can save a ton of money. This book is thirty-two ninety-five. As I describe it, see if you don't think this would be a great bargain for you. Thirty-two ninety-five. Now, this is a hardback book. There's a bargain. It's printed in Texas by Texas printers who really care. I went to all the press checks to make sure the color was exactly spot on. 840 of my best photographs, 344 pages, high-quality paper, and this book has 11 chapters. Chapter 1 is the basics of gardening in Texas, what you have to know to get you started. Chapter 2 is a 48-page calendar of when to plant, prune, fertilize, and spray, or put granules out to protect all of the plants in your landscape and garden. So you'll never ask the question again, when should I do this or that? It's all in Chapter 2. And then Chapters 3 through 11 are detailed, really detailed chapters covering these topics chapter by chapter. Trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, fruit, and vegetables. They're all in the book in great detail. I think this book will pay for itself within the next three or four months by the end of this calendar year. I'll put my money behind that comment. If you don't agree, I'll refund every penny you spend. But the book is only thirty-two ninety-five until I finish selling the fifth printing. Sixth printing will be thirty-eight ninety-five because costs have gone up. Everything's gone up. I'm passing the savings on to you to get everything evened up. And there are two ways you can order the book. It is not in stores and it's not on Amazon. You'll be getting a signed copy. I sign every uh, Sunday night and Monday. I take them to the post office Tuesday. This is a self-published book so that I could control every step of it to make sure it was done the way I wanted it. The two ways you buy it, you call my office Monday through Friday business hours, 800-752-GROW. 800-752-4769. The better way is order it right now at neilsperry.com. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. The 1930s were difficult times for America. The country was in the Great Depression. Jobs were scarce, but hopes remained high. And it was during that time that Mueller, Mueller that is, started making metal products. I'm a little old for puberty to hit. It was during that time that Mueller started making metal products. Now, 90 years later, the Mueller name is known across the South as having the finest in quality steel and workmanship. Mueller and its products, they understand what it means to weather the storm. A Mueller metal roof is made to last and to protect you and your most valued possessions from the harsh weather we're accustomed to in our area. A Mueller metal roof can endure the intense sun, the heavy rain, hail, and snowstorms for years to come. This is much longer than a conventional roof. If you want peace of mind for the future, choose a metal roof for your home, a roof that's been made by Mueller. Visit MuellerInc.com to learn more and to find a location near you. You'll see why a Mueller metal roof is the next best thing to to put over your head. It is the best thing to put over your head. Give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER. That's 877 877- 
268-268-3553. Or you can stop by one of their 33 locations. They are Mueller, they are made in America, and they are made to last. That's MuellerInc.com. Mueller, Mueller, made in America and made to last. More after this message. All right, Kelly, thank you very, very much. And uh, we have all open lines right now. Let me, I think we do. Uh, we're trying to figure out uh, one of the calls. Um, let me give you that number once again. It's 888-256-1080. I neglected to mention at the beginning of the program that some of our stations uh, carry uh, broadcasts of their high school games. Some of the games are on Saturdays this year. It's all over the map this time around. And uh, some of them uh, do rebroadcasts of last night's games. And so as a result, uh, we lose some of our affiliates for a few weeks. And so it makes it a little harder for me to get calls in the fall. I've been doing this program for 35 years. I've come to expect this in the fall. Um, so I would, if you're in a station that is in a market that is carrying this, and if you have a question, this is a great time to call, and this would be one talk show host who would be very grateful for that call. 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. Call right now, won't you please? A uh, couple of things that I can go ahead and comment on. Uh, you have only a week or two to get any new lawn grass planted. Uh, if you're in the southern Oh, 30 or 40 percent of the state, and you want to plant St. Augustine, or uh, for some of you it would be called Floritam, but that is a St. Augustine. Do it as soon as you can. Floritam should not be planted probably north of Saint San Antonio, north of Houston. Uh, it just isn't winter hardy. Uh, for St. Augustine, uh, it needs to be planted as soon as possible so it can get established. Uh, we lost it uh, two years ago in the cold. We've lost it uh, a couple of other times over the years. And the later you plant it, the more risk you have with it. Um, so that's something very much to be concerned about. Um, Bermuda grass, I would probably use sod. Uh, if you're in water restrictions still, you don't want to be having to water twice a day lightly, morning and evening, to get Bermuda grass seed started. But sod has a, a greater margin of error. Uh, if if it's just untenable to plant sod now because of your water restrictions, wait till April. Everybody understands this year. If your lawn looks bad and all you're trying to do is get a manageable lawn that is uh, tolerable, just wait till spring. It's not the end of the world. But if, if uh, you're allowed to plant and water to get it started, be respectful of the water uh, curtailments. Because everywhere that you hear, every country, every county, everywhere, uh, there is a shortage of water right now. And it's just a very dry cycle. So anyway, that's just uh, something to keep in mind. Uh, for St. Augustine Diagnostics, I want to uh, mention, again, I should have mentioned this at the top of the program. Um, I have a really uh, detailed page on my website, neilsperry.com, on the home page. Uh, that I spent a day preparing for you. Uh, the link is on the home page, and that links you to a, a story with a lot of photos, my photos, uh, that refer to all the different things that happened to St. Augustine, uh, starting in the spring with take-all root rot, which is uh, by and large over with by now, although it is showing up in, in the fall and, and will show up in the fall and will show up on other grasses, I'm finding. Um, then on to gray leaf spot in the summer and chinch bugs in the summer. Most of the damage we're seeing right now is leftover chinch bug damage in the summer. Uh, 
Uh, and then we get into cool weather and we begin to see brown patch and grubworm damage in late fall and, and over this uh, winter into the spring and uh, might have winter damage sometimes, a lot of drought damage. But, but a lot of the uh, problems that people are thinking is drought damage is actually uh, grass that has died from chinch bugs back in midsummer. And then we have always uh, grass that dies away because there isn't enough sunlight. So all that's identified with photos to help you identify which is which. It's very hard to do that on the air because it's hard to describe tan versus light brown versus uh, grayish tan uh, and, and, and make it so I can perceive. It's, it's not your fault or my fault. It's just hard to describe it. Anyway, let's go to Mike in Abilene. Mike, this is Neil. Good morning. How can I help you this morning? Hey, Neil. Uh, yes, I've got a couple of questions. Uh, one, uh, I've had my grass pretty well green all summer. I usually water once a week. I've got a sprinkler system, but I don't use it. I use one of these tractors that runs along the hose because I find that uh, it seems to kind of conserve water and it gets the water in the grass better than sprinkler systems because you know you lose about 50 percent on the sprinkler system my question is i've got brown patch now uh is there anything i can do or do i just wait and let the freeze take care of it and start over next spring were you able to hear what i uh, mentioned i didn't know you were going to be asking that were you able to hear what i mentioned about brown patch just maybe two minutes ago? well it's uh, I heard You're not going to see brown it's, patch it's, at 100 degrees. Okay. Well, so you think it's chinch bugs? 99% of the lawns that I have uh, been asked to go look at or that I have seen in photos or uh, driven by are chinch bug damage. Um, people think that they have, that the lawn has burned up because of the heat. And, uh, or or the uh, or the drought or whatever, and they say, but I water it and it doesn't respond, and 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 it's it's been chinch bugs. They have not thought to look for chinch bugs because everybody's talking about the drought and the heat. That's what they hear yeah. on the news, and so they just assume that it's gotten too hot and too dry. But the truth is, chinch bugs will always be out. In the, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to go out on thin ice now and ask you a question, and 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 this will prove whether I'm right or wrong. Chinch bugs will always show up in the sun. They will not be back under the trees. Is this in the sunniest part of your yard? Uh, it's pretty much all over. Uh, right. I've got I've got a pretty good. This this I've got is a pretty this, good. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I've got a pretty good shade on the right hand side of the yard, and seems like the right hand side of the yard. It shows up more than the left-hand side, and when I say right and left, I've got a sidewalk. No, that's, that goes that's right okay. Down the middle yeah. of it. Okay, well, I'm going to try to keep this to a, a 25-minute call because that's about okay. how long it takes to diagnose these things, and I lose all my listeners, all my callers, when I start going into the St. Augustine diagnostics because it just takes so long. That's why I put the page on the website and normally don't take the St. Augustine questions. I really. I'm not trying to be rude, Mike. It's just so hard. Oh, no, no, um, that's fine. What month did you see the problem show up first? I just I just started seeing it show up a couple of weeks ago. All right. Um, and was it in perfectly round circles? No. 
Brown patch will always begin in perfectly round circles. They may coalesce into, take a look at my website and you'll see, it looks like somebody's dropped uh, water balloons onto the lawn. They're perfectly round circles that will get larger. Uh, they'll be 18 to 24 inches in size, and they may, they may run together like ripples on a still lake when you throw pebbles, and at that point they become not round anymore. But that's how brown patch will show up, and it normally won't show up until late uh, September, usually October and November in St. Augustine. Okay. The other way that you identify brown patch is you pull on the blades, and the blades will come loose in your hands very easily. You will see where the, where, it, where the blades are rotted, right where they attach to the runners. The runners are green. The runners are healthy and happy, and uh, the blades are what is affected. They are rotted, and so you can test for that very, very quickly. If the, okay. if the runners are dead, then that's probably chinch bugs. And you need to look okay. very closely to see if it gets worse when you get farther away from the trunks of the trees and out into the sun, because that's what chinch bugs will do. If that's not the case, and if you get down on your hands and knees on a hot, sunny mid-afternoon and you don't see chinch bugs at the interface of the living and dead grass, if you do not see chinch bugs, then that may be drought. It could very well be drought. I have photos of the chinch bugs on my website uh, to help you identify what you're looking for. And if you don't find them, they're still active now at, at 95 to 100 degrees. Uh, and if you haven't used an insecticide in the last month or so, then you should be able to see them if it's still active, if the insect, if the if the dying is still active. And uh, so they won't be active much longer. But you need to you need to look to know what's going on. Uh, chinch okay. bugs will come back year after year and show up in the very same places year after year after year, and and so we learn how to recognize them. Uh, they, I can't imagine that chinch bugs would wait until now to show up. Have you fertilized this in the last month? Uh, no, I usually fertilize basically once a year with weed and feed in March. Oh my, okay, that's way too early to fertilize St. Augustine. Especially in Abilene, the thing about yeah, I read that on your I yeah. read that on your website this morning. So yeah. anyway, and and I'm it, not a I'm not a weed and feed advocate because it's uh, that's pretty late to be putting out a weed killer and pretty early to be fertilizing, and uh, the 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 weed and feed that is so commonly sold and so heavily advertised for St. Augustine has an active ingredient that will kill shade trees, so be very very oh, careful. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Can I ask you one other question? Uh, yeah, Sorry, my, I'll need to. I'll need my, to hurry. I'll need to hurry. It's about crepe myrtles. I've got fifteen crepe myrtles. One crepe myrtle, after it blooms in July, the leaves just start turning. They look like they're burnt every year. It's been out for about thirty years. If I water it more, it kind of delays it a little bit, but it still does it, and it's All the right, only one to, that does it. Okay. Uh, are they all the same variety? No. All right. This this to, one is a this one is a red reddish pink. You need to watch the leaves and see if you're getting any slick surfaces on the leaves, which would be crepe myrtle uh, aphids. Uh, the aphids cause them to get a honeydew material on them, and that will cause them to turn brown and and to drop. This year we've had a lot of browning because of drought. Um, and, and they're greening back up again now. But aphids also will do that. 
the honeydew will, okay. will cause uh, sooty mold to grow on the leaves and on the trunks, and uh, those leaves will then uh, uh, drop. And uh, so it's, it's one or the other. I wrote almost all of the information on the website of crepemyrtletrails.org, C-R-A-P-E. I'm very active, in fact, one of the founders of the Crepe Myrtle Trails of McKinney. And so if you go to crepemyrtletrails.org and look under, uh, under basic care, on the website, you'll you'll see a great deal of information about taking care of crepe myrtles, and I think you'll find uh, uh, some things that will help. Okay. So I got to run. Right. I really appreciate your call. Thank you. All right, you folks, did. we have Thank open you. line at 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour, 888-256-1080. Neil Sperry's eGardens is my free electronic newsletter. It comes from my computer to your email Thursday nights just a little after 6 p.m., and uh, there always will be a featured plant of the week. There always will be uh, gardening this weekend where I point out the things that you need to do in the upcoming week, uh, weekend, next three or four days. I give you uh, eGardens on Thursday nights uh, so that you can make your plans Thursday night and get the necessary materials on Friday so you'll be ready to go on Saturday and Sunday. So that's uh, eGardens. And uh, then there will be a, well, the very greatly enlarged Q&A section and also a couple of other stories. That's what eGardens is all about. You can see what it looks like by going to uh, neilsperry.com, my website. That's where you sign up for it. As I mentioned, it is free and it always will be. I will never spam you. I don't give or sell your email address to anybody. I have advertisers that support eGardens. That's how I make my living doing it. I spend a couple of uh, days a week working on eGardens for you. I think you'll find it to be very uh, much fun to get. I think the last issue that we put out two days ago may be one of my all-time favorites in the 18 years that I've been doing eGardens. So I hope you'll take a look at it. That's Neil Sperry's eGardens at neilsperry.com. Same website where you buy my book, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. Then click on eGardens. More after these messages. All right, Kelly, thank you very, very much. We have two lines available, two lines occupied, 888-256-1080. Alton is in Crockett. Alton, this is Neil. Good morning. Hello. Yes, sir, you're on the air. How can I help you? Yeah, Neil, uh, I've got a St. Augustine lawn, and it's real healthy grass, but uh, my runners, my St. Augustine runners are running on top of the lawn. That uh, is not uncommon. Uh, usually it happens a little bit earlier in the summer. Um, I, it happens every year. And I asked the best turf man I have ever known, the late Dr. Jim McAfee. Jim and I grew up together and played Little League ball together and worked together for Texas A&M with the same secretary. Just to, Both went to Big Ten schools. He went to Purdue. I went to Ohio State. And our dads taught together at A&M. Just a strange set of coincidences i asked him once uh how come that happens and his comment if i hope i'm quoting him right um uh, was uh, there probably is a pathogen of some minor sort it's of no concern and uh, i don't worry about it and that's kind of what i had always deduced uh, back when i was a teenager mowing yards as as i would mow i would just uh, um, I'd, I'd mow eight or ten yards a day and I would kick those up with my foot as I'd go around the squares, 
and mow them around, the, mow it off the next time around. And I, you could never tell that a runner had disappeared. And or or I'd go out across the lawn uh, before I started the mower and 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 kick them up enough that they'd be uh, mowed when I mowed off, and uh, it it went on for uh, usually June and early July and and then uh, then it it quit. Uh, I don't know that I would ever justify. If you look at them, they they have very shortened roots and. Uh, uh, so there probably is something going on. I don't know that it's take-all root rot. I don't think it is. Do you have anything more you want to describe uh, that, that might give me something else to go on? Well, Neil, the grass is really, really thick, and I'm just wondering if those roots may not be able to get down to the ground, you know, and they're, they're coming up because the grass is so thick. That may be. That was the case in my lawn in College Station. It was a, a lush, beautiful lawn, and uh, they just kind of rode the waves up on top. Like I say, I never worried about it because you sh- certainly couldn't tell when I finished mowing that there'd ever been anything on top. And the next week there'd be, a, I, I think, probably 15 or 20 of them. They showed, by the time the lawn needed to be mowed, they showed like dolphins arching over the water, you know, but uh, I mowed them right off. I don't have Neil, a good I'm mowing answer. This. Say it again. I'm, I'm mowing the yard, the grass right now during the heat of the summer, about four inches tall with the mower. Is that about right? No, that's pretty high. Uh, I would probably mow it three inches. The recommended height is two and a half to three inches. Okay. All right. Okay. I think you helped me there. All right. All right. It's it's a non-issue, and I had a (laughs) non-answer. Have have a good day. Thanks for the call. Let's go to uh, Tom in Amarillo. Tom, this is Neil. Good morning. Hello, Neil. I'm sorry about it. me asking a wrong question is about grandma grass. First question. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, I was one of Dr. McAfee's classes back at the Seventh Day Soil Science, I think. Yes, and, he did. Uh, he also, sure did uh, yeah, yeah, and and also uh, we were just wondering about what kind of a grass to get started growing around a new house at about a about a thirty foot perimeter around it, clay loam soil, uh, low water requirements. Well, the the very best would be uh, that that rules out fescue, obviously, because it's going to have high water requirements. So you're probably going to lean toward Bermuda or buffalo grass. The problem with buffalo grass uh, is that Bermuda will invade it, and so I think the default is probably going to be common Bermuda grass. And uh, I I think I'd go with that. It should make it through almost all of your winter uh, uh, times. Um, I, I think that's I think that's where I'm going to settle. Buffalo okay. grass. We thought buffalo grass was going to be absolutely perfect. Um, I asked my dad once. He was a range management specialist at A&M, and 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 I traveled with him a lot. And I said, "What is that pretty grass? It's growing in the in the bar ditches. Nothing grows uh-huh. in it." And he said, "Well, that's buffalo grass." And and I said, "Well, that ought to be used as a lawn grass." He said, "It would be pretty, wouldn't it?" And uh, and in 1991. Two uh, cultivars, Prairie and 609, which was a research number from the University of Nebraska, uh, were introduced. But the problem was by, uh, it was 91, by 95, uh, the plantings that people had made, including my yard, a a part of my yard, were 100% Bermuda grass. It had come in and just taken over, and there was no herbicide you could use to get rid of it. And oh. so I said, well, you know, we might as well just go with Bermuda grass in the first place because it's going to end up being Bermuda anyway. 
And so uh-huh. that's kind of the default. So I think that's where I'd leave it, Tom. Okay. Well, sure do. Thank you for uh, the answer, Neil, and we very much enjoy and appreciate the program. Thank you. Here. You're very kind. Sure. Have a great day. Take care. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. All right, we'll come back. We're going to go to Orlando in Santa Rosa right after this message. Uh, I have uh, three open lines now if you'd like to call. It's 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour, 888-256-1080. Let me tell you about the uh, fifth printing of Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening. It is written for every part of Texas from Amarillo and north all the way to Corpus Christi and Victoria, our southernmost stations that carry my program, and south, and all the way from Crockett, you just heard a call from Crockett, all the way to Alpine and west. I love my home state, and I made sure that I wrote for every county in this state. It has all the information you need uh, for lawns and landscapes, fruit, flower, and vegetable gardening in the 11 chapters in this book. Chapter 2 in particular is useful because it's a calendar, a 48-page calendar that tells you when to plant, prune, fertilize, and protect all of the plants that you're trying to grow in your landscape and lawn and garden. And so that really will pay for the book all by itself. But it has uh, 10 other chapters that cover all kinds of plants in your landscape, lawns and and, uh, trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, fruit and vegetables, all that. It's a hardback. It's on high-quality paper, printed in Texas, not in stores, not in, not on Amazon. It's available only from my office, only by my uh, website. And you can call my office to order it Monday through Friday business hours, 800-752-GROW, G-R-O-W. That's 800 752 4769. The better way, though, is to order it directly from the website right now, and that's at neilsperry.com. N E I L S P E R R Y.com. It is currently only $32.95. $32.95. I sign every copy as it sells, and uh, then I take them to the post office on Tuesdays every week. That's how it works. It's not in stores and not on Amazon. Satisfaction guaranteed or a full refund. Again, the better way to order is at neilsperry.com or by calling my office if you need to, 800-752-GROW. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. I'll have more after these messages. All right, Kelly, thank you very much. Again, we will be live next weekend on, uh, on Labor Day weekend. Looking forward to hearing from you then. And we go to Orlando in Santa Rosa. That's in Cameron County. We're going way south. Orlando, this is Neil. Good morning. Maybe not. That was a hang-up. Is that? Oh, all right. Well, oh, I don't think I can handle much of that one. Let's uh, put him on hold, and I'll let you figure it out if you want to. I think that's a hang-up. Uh, let's go to Mrs. Bell and Brenham. Ms. Bell, this is Neil Sperry. Good morning. Hey, good morning. I am wanting to know if this is a good time for me to trim up my live oak trees. Yes, ma'am. Uh, All live right, oaks, wonderful. Live oaks need to be pruned between mid-July and Valentine's Day. So that's about oh, a, whatever that is, yes. about a seven-month period. Do you know okay. why you're, do you have a reason for pruning them? 
Well, yes, I have a 100-year-old live oak tree out my front yard that has not been cleaned out or cleared <laughs> from the branches for okay. two years. And okay. I really have a ton of trees around the house that are all live oaks, and they all need trimming up. You know, they're okay. just in bad shape. So. I just like to, I like to challenge people when they start pruning, because when you start pruning a tree sometimes you take things off that can't be put back and so i, I always always challenge always, people right and i was very concerned i sure don't want to lose this huge hundred year old oak tree in my front yard and oh, i thought I, understand. I thought maybe because of the drought that it would shock it too much and i shouldn't be trimming them but no it's okay to do it right well, I'm going, you ask, is this the time to prune? And the time is correct. You don't want to do it in the springtime and early okay. summer. That's when oak wilt could be transmitted most easily. That okay. answer is yes, this is a good time. As to the, okay. as to the health and vigor of the tree, I can't speak to that because I can't see the tree, but, but right, I don't, right. I don't, yeah, if it's, we've had other bad droughts in those hundred years and I'm, I'm sure it'll be fine. All right. Thank you so much, and have a good weekend. Oh, same to you. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. If you have never been, folks, to Washington County, Brenham, that is a beautiful county. It's just so pretty. I grew up not far from there, and I didn't go there as as a teenager. It just wasn't on the way to anywhere that I went. And when I got old enough to drive, and I guess when the Antique Rose Emporium opened in Independence, and that caused me, that's kind of like a magnet. I, I got to go there. And, uh, um, golly, it just, uh, I, I fell in love with that county. It's absolutely beautiful. All right, we will uh, take our last break. We have Doe in Abilene. We'll go there. We Our caller from the valley is uh, is apparently not not there. Let me tell you about my website. It's neilsperry.com. It's where you go to buy my book, Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. It's the only place you can get my book, that and calling my office. It's where you sign up for my uh, eGardens electronic newsletter. It is the only place that you can sign up for it. 80,000 people have been there to sign up for that. It is the only place you can find the uh, 1001 Frequently Asked Questions. That was another book that I wrote some years ago, and I've updated it completely and put it on my website at no charge. It's just sitting there waiting for you. It's also where you find the St. Augustine Diagnostics information that I described earlier in this program. It's also where you find uh, archived information on rose, rosette virus, and on crepe myrtle bark scale. All of that at neilsperry.com. Com. It's also where you find podcasts of this and all of my radio programs. So that's kind of cool. I hope you'll look at it. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. Why would you want to pay every month for a temporary storage facility when you can own your own genuine Mueller building? Mueller's backyard buildings are easy to assemble. They're affordable and they offer a permanent storage solution right there in your own backyard. With a variety of sizes available and more than 30 colors from which to choose, their backyard building kits complement any home or landscape. And if your equipment requires even more storage space, Mueller Standard Series buildings are ready to go to work for you. They're fabulous. From workshops 
to big barns. These pre-engineered bolt-together buildings come in a variety of size and color options. You can also visit them online at MuellerInc.com to get a free customized building estimate. That's M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com. And while you're there, click on their color selector tool. It makes choosing the perfect combination of colors an easy decision. To find out more about Mueller Steel Buildings and Mueller Metal Roofing, call 877-2-MUELLER. That's 877-268-3553. Or visit them at MuellerInc.com. Mueller. Mueller means more. Mueller means steel buildings for permanent storage. I'll have more right after this message. All right, shuffling on through the studio here. All right, welcome. And uh, we're going to go right back to the phone lines. Hope you will join us next week. Hope you'll go to my website, sign up for the eGardens newsletter. That would be fun to have you get that. Let's go to Doe in Abilene. Doe, this is Neil. Good, uh, good morning. Good morning. I have an Arizona ash in the front yard, and at the base of the tree, I have another tree coming out. It's just making a bush. I go out there and cut it back, cut it down as far as I can, and it just comes up fuller. What should I do? Okay, I missed the first first part of what you said about it. You want to get rid of it? Is that what you're trying to do? Well, I'm trying to keep it from growing. It's coming up from the Arizona ash, off of the Arizona Arizona ash. All right, you it's don't just, want the Arizona ash. Yeah, I do want the tree, but I've got another one that's coming out at the trunk of the tree, and I keep cutting it back, and it just keeps growing, growing. All right. Do, uh, do, probably what you're doing, how, how long is the branch that you're leaving, the stub that you're leaving? Oh, it's probably three foot. That's probably as far as I can get it to cut down. <laughs> so so from the main trunk of the tree that you want, you're leaving a, a branch that's three feet long. Yes, and then it spreads out. It makes a whole bush at the right, bottom no, of the hang on. tree. Okay, hang okay. on. Why don't, why don't you cut it completely flush with the main trunk? Why don't you cut it way back flush with the trunk? Well, I've done that, and now now it's gotten so thick that I can't cut it. Thick you understand? I'm eighty. I'm two years old, and thick, I can't. Thick and okay, I got it, but that doesn't yeah. change my answer because it, it needs to be oh. done the right way. Thick meaning okay. in diameter of the branch, correct? Yes. All yes. Right. All right. Yeah, you need to have somebody cut it um, as as flush as close to the main trunk as possible within reason. I mean, they don't have to lay a chainsaw blade against the main trunk. You want to okay. leave just a okay. little bit of the branch collar. The branch collar is where it widens. They may leave a... Okay. a, a yeah, hang on and, and listen closely because they, they need to leave maybe a quarter inch or a half inch at the most of the branch collar, but they need to make that cut right up snug against the trunk so that it doesn't have any, they're called adventitious buds, any buds that can sprout out. That's the reason oh, okay. it keeps trying to sprout. It doesn't realize you don't want it. it. It thinks it's just being broken or cut short, and and it's going to try to grow again. As soon as you take I all see. of that growth off, then it it will it will heal. It, it's got to heal across the uh, 
across the cut. And what's going to happen the way you're doing it is it's going to start to decay and it will rot down into the main trunk. You'll lose your tree entirely. Oh, okay. I don't want to do that. No. <laughs> I what I would do is try to try to find somebody in the neighborhood who has a chainsaw and who takes really good care of his or her trees and who would be willing to help you and just return the favor doing something for them. And oh, okay. uh, I think you can get that done that way. Good okay, luck with it, though. You. Appreciate your call, sure. Folks, have a great week. We'll be back next week live. And uh, to uh, Jared Taylor, nice job. Thank you. To all who called, thank you very much. Have a great week. Until then, happy gardening.